Don't be late for Culture Keepsake with Ken. The bell is about to ring. School is in session. Welcome to Culture Keepsake with Ken. This is Season 1, School is in Session, Episode 3. You are baptized in the bosom of my soul. Mm, 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 mm. I remember when I heard my mother say this to my oldest brother, Daniel. It was almost as if I was watching a movie because it just came out of her in this moment where my brother was actually experiencing something so powerful. And we'll get into that because I'll have my mother join us in this conversation. But before we talk about this whole, you were baptized in the bosom of my soul, I want to first let you all know that this particular episode means so much to me because I just want all the brothers, all the kings, all of you to know that I have nothing but love and respect for everything that you carry and everything that you do. So I just want to say thank you. So you were baptized in the bosom of my soul. This concept is something that's so beautiful and it's something that is so needed right here, right now, right today. It is the best message and it is one of the most powerful things to sum up what happens in black America with the black man. So I am a sister of three brothers. I am a daddy's girl. I am an aunt. I'm a cousin. I'm a best friend of some of the most amazing black men. And growing up, every black child knows about the talk. And the talk is not just one conversation. It's part of your growth is part of being raised in a black home whether it's your parents your grandparents your aunts your uncles your cousins your older cousins everybody's having the talk with the younger kids the younger black kids because the talk is to teach or pass on how to survive in america being black so the most important part of the talk or the message that is common is not only how to survive but is how to stay alive in black in America being black so my parents would always have this talk with us but it was always slightly uh, different or more of a emphasis or this tone shift when it came to my brothers because they had to make it very clear that a black man you will be seen as a criminal a threat a weapon automatically no matter what you're going to be seen as evil negative and it's up to you to remove those labels and remove that image but you must stay alive in doing so and you must survive in doing so So my mother would always, and I think this must be every mom or motherly figure to a young black man, that when you know as he gets older, you already know the images are starting to come and they're starting to grow into their own and they're starting to see and experience slightly. But you want to protect them, right? You want to be able to give them everything so that they're able to be strong through these encounters that you know are going to happen. 
So my mother would always say that she can't control or predict what was going to happen. But what she can do is give you the tools, give you the armor, give you the shields that you need to maneuver through the situations. And she said, I pray to God that you will make it home alive. And that was always her message. She never wanted to transpose any anxiety or any fear onto my brothers nor myself. But I could see it almost in her eyes because I'm the youngest and I would see how she would just you know do these little small gestures of things when they would leave the house to go out at night or when they would go off to college it's just this last final thing that she wanted to make sure she you know she armored their baby she gave him herself to make sure he was going to be all right so we have these talks these same conversations in 2020 so any uh parent or parental figure that's raising a black child in America, there's always this extra emphasis on what we give and how we say it. It's painful. It's it's insane to have to do, but it is a critical part of being raised as being black in America. Because for 465 years, the image of the black man and now we see as the black woman starts to rise, it's absolutely horrible but it's an image that we all carry being black in America so on this episode I'm going to have my mother share the experience of how the phrase you are baptized in the bosom of my soul came about and what it meant for her to give that gem to my brother and I'm giving it to you all but before I get into that I do want to share one of the um uh a post on Facebook that one of my friends that I've known since high school, Beth posted um, back in May of this year about having the talk. And she does it very eloquently in a very simple way about as a mother, when you have a son, a black son, just the feeling that you have. And she write, she wrote, I'm sorry, I had the talk with her son last week because he wanted to take his Nerf gun outside while wearing his Spider-Man mask. Hardest conversation I have ever had to have, but he's eight and a little bit taller than most his age. His cuteness is fading fast. And then she has an article, when my beautiful black boy grows from cute to a threat. And that's something that's a reality. And you have to give this message to your son. You have to let him know that this image of you being in a a loving, polite, beautiful, smart, young man. But there are going to be some who don't see you that way, baby. You're going to be seen as a threat. And you have to have this conversation. And this is a lot that she has to hand to her eight-year-old son to process and to carry and to understand this is the reality in 2020 and then a few weeks later she puts another post and um, there's a article where it says a California cop pins an unarmed black boy on the ground punches him repeatedly in the chest and she has a post that says, this could be my son. What could possibly justify this? 
My son is loved now for the cute eight-year-old he is. But will he be, but will you love him when he's 14, 16, 24, 26? I will with a purple heart. This is what it's like to be a black parent, a black mother in America when you have a black son. So let me bring my mother into this conversation so that she can share with us this gem. You were black baptized in the bosom of my soul. Let's get this sponsorship on a roll. And then when we get back, we'll have my mother join us in the conversation. Welcome back, everyone. I now have my mother joining us in the conversation. Hey, mommy. Hi. So, mommy, I want you to share with us that day that you looked at Daniel and you said to him, you were baptized in the bosom of my soul. Okay, Daniel was so upset. He was just to the point where he just not could not express himself. And I looked at him. I said, what's going on? He said, you know, I'm trying to get home and I was on the train and they searched me and they took everything out of my bag and they thought I was carrying drugs and they were looking for drugs and I didn't have anything. I just sat there and I just watched them. I didn't say anything. And when I got, they couldn't find anything. So they let me be. So what happened what had happened was they had stereotyped him because Daniel had all these beautiful long dreads and he looked the part of someone who could be a drug person but he really wasn't so he was so upset and he like he had lost everything and I looked at him I said son you can't judge somebody just by the way they look I said because you know that you were baptized in the bosom of bosom of my soul which means you are a part of me. You might not realize that you are me, but at that moment, that part of me saved your life by you sitting there, not saying anything, not fighting, made you stronger. But even though you were devastated by the incident, you still felt better when I told you that it was a part of me that saved your life because you were baptized in the bosom of my soul. So the concept here is, you know, Daniel's being searched by the police. They brought dogs into the situation in his hair. So I know the humiliation that he must have felt. And I watched this whole conversation unfold. And when you looked at him and said that to him, you were baptized in the bosom of my soul. It's like a sense of calmness had come over him. And you just blurted this out. And I remember writing it down on a red piece of construction paper and I keep it with me always. And so as a mom is having these conversations with your sons, having that extra emphasis on them of making sure that they come home, they survive these situations. How were you able to transcend that energy into Daniel? Because he was able to come home. Well, it it stems back from when he was young as a, as a, as he he remembered some of the 
rules and some of the things he had learned when he was growing up. And I think he didn't realize that strength was within him, with, was within him because mm-hmm. of his upbringing. So it made me feel good to know that he survived that incident because it could have been worse. Mm-hmm. It could have it gone the other way. And I thank God that he came home and I knew that I had to calm him because he was so devastated by the entire incident. But I wanted him to remember that no one can take your soul. No one can take your purpose because of your upbringing and because of the strength that is instilled upon you through me. Right. So, Mama, if we take this concept and everything that's unfolding right before us right now, how do we allow this youth to understand that they are baptized in the bosom of our souls as their mothers, that no one can take their purpose, you know, no one can take their soul while they're in this situation that's horrific and painful and they're angry, they're sad. What is it that we can give them? What can you give them? Well, to be perfectly honest, I don't know what I can give them, but I can tell them to stop in the moment And just think about what is happening around you and try to think about what I should do next. They might not know, but whatever the situation warrants, you just take it from there. Because there's no no magic answer. There's no magic formula. You just have to know how to access the situation. And you just try to stay as calm and try to keep it as calm as you possibly can. Because if it escalates past the calmness, there's no telling what's going to happen. So what do you see in this generation? Because here we are with four or five and sometimes six generations all living in this right now. And we have an obligation to make sure that we're shielding this next generation that's that's experiencing everything that we've been trying to fight for. Well, all I can say, whatever you believe in, don't let anyone take it from you. It is not going to be easy. Whatever mm-hmm. you, you have to have a purpose. And whatever your purpose is, you might not know what it is. So you might just be running. But make sure you stop and you think about what are you trying to accomplish? How do I get to the point where I need to go to do the things that need to be done? It's not going to be easy. It's going to be times that you're going to throw the towel in some it's going to be times where you're going to say what am I doing you just have to stop stand still be patient and move with whatever's going on around you makes sense so we must baptize our children in the bosom of our soul so we can have that sense of calmness yes and there's a generational gap we understand that we see that but being able to know that your your soul, your purpose is already there before you. You just got to tap into it. Yes. Yes, because we all have a purpose. Mm-hmm. We are born from our mothers and we are from the bosom of their souls. Amen. So true. So, Mommy, I thank you for sharing that experience with us and dropping that knowledge on us. And can you just tell us one last time? 
what you said to Daniel and his disparity, because we all need to hear it right now. I said, son, just remember that you are baptized in the bosom of my soul. Thank you so much. We'll be right back as we wrap up this particular episode of You Were Baptized in the Bosom of My Soul. Thank you, Mommy. You're welcome. You were baptized in the bosom of my soul. This concept we just heard my mother talk about how it just all kind of unfolded and came to life in this situation with my brother Dan. May he rest in peace. I can only imagine the amount of pain, frustration, the humiliation that he felt in that moment as he's being searched on a train, as he's being given the label of you are a criminal, you have done something wrong, you're you're bad, you're evil. And he's a grown man at this point. He's in his 20s. And he has to experience this on public display. And the reason why, as my mother stated, he survived and made it alive to come home is because she had given him all those moments of giving him that emphasis that 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 moment of her just handing herself to him to protect himself and she was able to give him that every time every moment as she encountered him and on that day he actually tapped into that energy tapped into that gem and he was able to shield himself and armor himself to stand still in the midst of that chaos So all of these gems go together. All of these elements make us who we are being black in America. And it's just so powerful that we're able to transcend ourselves even into this space that we exist today in 2020 as my friend Beth has to hand this to her eight-year-old son. And we hope and pray that we don't have to watch the unfolding of the black man being criminalized, becoming seen, being seen as a weapon, and his life being taken before us on public display. The helplessness, the pain, the frustration, the anger, all of those emotions our black men are carrying. They wear it. In, every, in everything that they do, in every step they take, it's that weight that's on their ankle, that vest that is strapped, zipped, locked on them. But they have to maintain this sense of sanity. They have to maintain this sense of, I'm going to protect my family. I'm going to protect my, my sons. I'm going to protect my daughters. I'm going to protect my women, my wife. I'm going to protect, I'm going to protect but he's carrying this weight on him and I see it I feel it I know it because I've seen my father my grandfathers my uncles my brothers I now see my nephews carrying this weight but just know that you were baptized in the bosom of 
our souls as your mothers, as the women who are right there with you on every step that you take. And I appreciate you carrying that weight, but it breaks my heart that you have to carry it. We are at a pivotal point in our society where we can now reintroduce ourselves and it's time to start taking this weight off so we don't carry it any longer and hand it to our sons, the next generation. And next week, we're going to talk about allow me to reintroduce myself so that we can find a way and have a conversation about how can we redefine these images, take these labels off and hand them back because they're not ours. So today I'm going to leave you all with a poem that I wrote called My Kings. It is my way of saying I love, I appreciate I know what you carry. I see it, I hear it, I feel it, and I take every step with you, my king. And this is my way of saying thank you. So I want you all to enjoy this. Um, the music that you'll hear, it's mixed by Kinship Music. My brothers, I wanna say thank you for that. I wanna give you all nothing but mad love for sharing this uh, experience with me and my mother. And just keep having those conversations, keep having those talks with our beautiful black children and let them know that you were baptized in the bosom of my soul. One love, enjoy and stay safe. My King, greetings my King. You may not know me, but allow me to introduce myself. I'm one of your queens. I walk with you protecting you as your inward shield in the way in which I've been designed. I'm with you on every journey. I walk beside you, behind you, in front of you, above you, and under you. My king, you may not know me, but I'm one of your queens who cries every time you're disenfranchised, disrespected, dismissed, discounted, dis, 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 dis. I cry every time your life is taken away from the kingdom. I cry every time I'm denied to love you because your image is lied upon and defined on 400 years of misrepresentation. My king, you may not know me, but I'm one of your queens who is angry at watching your greatness be destroyed and horrified by the stories that you don't even get to write. I'm angry when your power is ripped out of your grip because your hands are seen as a threat. I'm angry when your name is used in vain. My king, you may not know me, but I'm one of your queens who's fully suited and armored to love you unconditionally, who is ready to reintroduce you to the world. I'm loud when I scream, I can't breathe, and I lead your spirit through the crowd. As tired as I am, I'm breathing for you. My king, you may not know me, but I'm one of your queens who takes every hit, hears every sound, who wears our crown through the mass corruption of your destruction. My king, I'm your energy source who will move with force to rejuvenate your being back to the beginning of time. Your current middle passage is my mission to savage this, to reign as one of your queens who walks beside you, behind you, in front of you, above you, and under you, because I love every element of you. 
my king i thank you for your fight as one of your queens i will continue to shield you through this light